Welcome to Cellmates. Welcome to Cellmates. My name is Kate Phillips. My name is Dick Ward. And this is Cellmates, a podcast about animated movies where we take two of them, in fact. <laughs> two of them? Compare two of them animated movies. Uh-huh. Uh, compare, contrast, dissect them, generally throw them into a Venn diagram, see what shakes out. Yeah. Often these movies are Disney. But not always. Often they are musicals. Not always. Often they are good. And not always. Dick, how was your summer vacation? Um, it was good, but you you would know that because we've been doing an episode every two weeks. Uh-oh. So you've been keeping up with it. So let's just cut the small talk and move on. <laughs> Welcome back, listeners. We uh, posted that we were taking a summer break, and uh, now it's Halloween, so... We just took like an extended European should, summer. Should we Is say, that... welcome back Brit centers. Yes, mostly Brit centers. Um, there, there, I think we might have a few that will open up this episode. Um, oh. But it'll be it, interesting it, to see. It'll be a narrow and hardy group. <laughs> um, thank you for your patience. Uh, you know, the fall is weird, uh, especially when you're returning back to School that looks different than the different it's been. and uh, Look, if you've heard any of our episodes from the last two years, you'll know that there's a global pandemic that's happening. Correct. That's the only way you'd know. And it turns out it's still pretty stressful. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we're all vaccinated and uh, hopefully booster shotted soon. Hopefully. Mm-hmm. Still the world is terrifying and horrible and we, have, we don't go out Yeah, so we can avoid it. We have continued to watch animated movies. Um, but and we, talk about them. Yes, but not on, uh, not with microphones out. Not in a formal. So, Dick, let, uh, you're right. Let's cut the small talk. Oh, it's way too late for that. Get back into it. We've been talking. What are you drinking? Uh, well, I am drinking. Uh, so this is something that I uh, came up with myself. It is, uh, it's mainly like apple, uh, but it's also got cane sugar, some malic acid, natural flavors. <laughs> Uh, and of course, sulfites to preserve freshness. I call it an Angry Orchard hard cider, mm. uh, green apple flavor. Ah, Dick, uh, let me ask you a question: Why orchard so angry? <laughs> I, I mean, so there's only one tree uh, in the picture on the bottle. That is true. Oh, it's very angry. He's not happy. No. And he's got only one apple, and someone's like climbed up and taken a bite out of the apple that's on him. Yeah. That so, w- yeah. Here's he- the thing. Apples uh, are a fruit, and fruits contain seeds, and seeds are what helps trees grow. So maybe he's upset because someone took a bite out of that apple, and it's just going to rot now in- instead of like falling to the ground. Can't use and the seeds. Turn it into seeds that someone can poop out, and then that poop flies through the wind, and Rafiki smells it. We're talking about Lion King 20. 20- no. God. No. Never again are we talking about Lion King 2019. Uh, we're talking about two movies that involve uh, orchard-like sets. Dear Evan Hansen? Trees? No, not that, that orchard. That involves an orchard. No, thank you. Okay. That would be sad orchard. Mm. Um, so whether it's a, a tree by which a character uh, gets very angry and harnesses the power of, or 
a like garden orchard type situation where a lot of the plants themselves become angry. Oh. Um, we're talking about angry orchards today and the and the people who inhabit them. Not In- a not a stretch at all. Including Paranorman and Coraline. Paracoraline. Paracoraline. Yeah. Um, it's a Leica fest here at Cellmates this week. Uh, both of these are, well, Dick, w- w- would you care to express why we might pair these two movies together besides the, well, the anger? Here's the deal. We watched Paranorman because we heard it was really good. And then we were like, what goes with this? And we were like, I don't know, Coraline? And Kate was like, which one's that? Is that Tim Burton? And I was like, no, it's the other guy. The one we think is Tim Burton. Kate's like, oh, I get that mixed up with the Corpse Bride. I'm like, yeah, we all do. Corpse Bride came out four years earlier, but they do have the same first three letters and their stop motion. And as you said, Tim Burton gets uh, often... Mixed up with the director of Coraline, but which not is always. Henry <laughs> Henry Selick, who yes. directed Nightmare Before Christmas, which a lot of people mistakenly Tom think. Tom Selleck's dad. That's not true. No, it's not true. No, at all. he does look like Jack Skellington, though. Uh-huh. If you said he was Jack Skellington's dad, I would believe you. Oh, he is. Uh, yeah, Paranorman, Coraline. We knew our episode would be coming around. Uh, coming around. Uh, Halloween times. Yes. And so these are both spookums in one way or another. We call them spookum-ups. Spookum-ups. Both, again, stop motion from the studio Leica, who released Missing Link. So we were a little apprehensive because we didn't love Missing Link. You know what? We had, I I would say, I had a low opinion of Leica um, before we watched these movies. Yeah. I have a different opinion now. It's not necessarily a high opinion. But I had a very low opinion. Yeah. Um, well, let, let's get into it. All right, let's get into it. We watched Paranorman first, but Coraline comes first in terms of the uh, chronology of time. Oh. Which one would you like to talk about first, Dick Ward? I thought you were going to transition right into deciding. That would have been easier. Uh, Paranorman's we're listed Coraline first. Coraline first. Oh, no. Coraline. Dick, hey. what was your relationship with Coraline before viewing it for the podcast? Hadn't seen it. Knew that it was based on a book. What did about you, you? Did you know who wrote the book? <laughs> no. Previously? Okay. No, I mean, I, I think I had that knowledge in my head somewhere because when you told me uh, that it was a Neil Gaiman book, I was like, oh, yeah. But if you had asked me, I would not have known. Because you have read other Neil Gaiman books and yeah. enjoyed them. Yeah, I like um, American Gods, I think, is really good. Um, I like Good Omens. I, li- I, I generally like the Neil Gaiman uh, oeuvre. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had not read Coraline. It is specifically, a. I think, the genre that he puts forth is dark children's novella. Um, so that makes sense. You yeah. might not be familiar with it. Yeah, I thought it was Corpse Bride, so no. I'm not much better off. I knew it was like dark and creepy Stormy. and stop motion, but that's about it. Um, yeah. It was released in 2009. It was like his first, like, their own production. I can get, there are some flies in our apartment right now. We're dealing with some flies. I can get out the electric swatter, but I think that's going to cause more trouble than oh, it's going to cause way more trouble. Technology than it's worth. out. Yeah. All right. 
So, Dick, you have volunteered to summarize the plot of Coraline in two minutes. Yeah. All right. I have got a cookie timer ready. Why? So excited for this cookie timer to be making its cellmates podcast return. What's a cookie timer? A cookie timer is a timer that when it goes off, it goes, cookies are done, cookies are done, cookie, except without the words. You have to add the words. Okay. It makes it better. All right. Dick, are you ready? Uh, Do I get cookies at the end of this? Uh, Nope. Just you get to keep eating that apple bit off from the angry tree. That's really messed up. Okay. All right. That's fine. That's fine. Ready? And summarize okay so i'm doing a summary of Coraline. <laughs> um so Coraline, she uh is a girl uh her parents don't love her uh or they're just like working hard or something i don't know they seem like dicks uh she meets a kid named yb uh and also a cat named dr facilier <laughs> and she and yb and the cat are not friends um anyway so she finds she finds uh like a mysterious door in her room uh, or in another room in her house and through that door she meets other mother and other father who was like well-rested and like well-dressed versions of her parents who are nicer and cook better and have buttons for eyes um she goes through like some adventures, uh, being like, "Well, you guys are great," and then other mothers like, "Hey, how about we sew some buttons into your eyes and you can stay here forever?" And she's like, "I'm not so sure about that, thank you." Um, and other mother gets like intense, and then Coraline finds these like ghost children because uh, other mother throws her in a mirror. Uh, so Coraline finds these ghost children. And they're like, "Miss, can you help us out, Miss, please?" And Coraline's like, yo, on it. So she collects the three magic MacGuffins, uh, which are children's <laughs> eyeballs. But it's only three of, yeah. Um, and then when she does that, she's able to beat other mother, rescue her parents who were trapped in a snow globe, mm-hmm. uh, and get out of there okay. Also, there's these old ladies that are obnoxious. <laughs> and also there's this guy who has mice. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. Are uh, her parents any different when she gets back to the real world? No. Uh-huh. All right. Cookies are done. Cookies are done. Good job. I know. I know. Um, yeah, the, the, the eyeball MacGuffins are really... And, like, even the way they're... It, like, she puts on this special, like, viewfinder that she gets tossed at some point. To see the the other world in black and white, and then the eyeball glows at her. It feels very like '90s point-and-click computer game. Down yeah. to when she finds an eyeball, there's like a very rough, like <laughs> visual image of one of the three children <laughs> saying, "Like you found my eyeball. Two more left. Two to go." Like it's very it's, stilted. <laughs> it's weird. Everything else in this movie is very like much of the same mood and you know it's a slower pace and darker and kind of yeah. uh pokier of a movie but the, it those those eyeballs just made me laugh because it doesn't have anything to do with Which anything is very weird yeah no all right uh any any final wrap-up thoughts on oh it's final cut well no this podcast went on so Cor- fast <laughs> it's so quick now um no Coraline like 
I, I went into it not knowing what to expect. I kind of came out of it not knowing what to expect. <laughs> I enjoy thinking about Coraline more than I enjoyed watching Coraline. Um, I enjoy a lot of pieces of Coraline, but I did not really love watching the movie of Coraline. It, it, it's very slowly paced. I think, I mean, it's under two hours, but it yeah. feels like longer. It, it's very slowly paced, but it's also like weirdly paced. When I when we talked about it, I said that it felt like, oh, we need to include everything from this book. Um, so it felt like to me they made they took a giant book and tried to cram it into a small mm-hmm. movie, but it turns out that was the opposite because the book was like Neil Gaiman himself said, "Well, this is going to be like what a forty-seven minute movie." Yeah, so they expanded a lot of stuff, and I I think that. Uh, affected the pacing. Yeah. For me. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Let's talk about Paranorman. Hey, what's your experience with Paranorman? Um, I didn't know much about it. I couldn't have told you what medium it was in until like a month ago right. when we watched it. Um, it always sounded like something like Hotel Transylvania. It's got a similar like horror pun going on. Um, but I, on the Theme Park podcast, we listened to podcast The Ride. I believe it was uh, Griffin Newman, a guest on there, and does a lot of other things, uh, mentioned, he's like, Paranorman, it'll change your life. Like, no one's seen this movie, but it will change your life. It's so good. It's so surprising. So I'm like, okay, I guess we got to see Paranorman. Yeah. Uh, and that's it. Huh. What did you know about Paranorman same. going in? <laughs> exact same. We listen to some of the same podcasts. Yeah, um, that's true. Cool. Um, yeah, knew knew nothing about it. Didn't know who was in it. Didn't know what to expect from the the look of it or anything. So yeah. All right. Well, it's my turn. We watched this movie considerably longer ago, so I am usually not looking at Wikipedia, but I am for this. All right. You also have the advantage, though, of a much easier movie to summarize. I don't know that that's true. I do know that that's okay. true. Well, I still won't do it in two minutes. Here I go. Here I'm, I try. I'm cutting you off at two. All right. There's this boy, Norman. He sees ghosts and has conversations with him. Uh, but no one really believes him. They're like, yeah, this kid is weird. Anyway, uh, he's got a, a friend who's also weird named Neil. He's great. He's got a bully named Alvin. He's less great. Um, and the, he lives in a town that's basically like Salem, Massachusetts. Like a long time ago, there was this like witch trial, and now uh, there's like all of these stories about it. But it's like it's done in a school play, kind of like funsy onesie. Um, but then his uncle, an old like scary uh, homeless uh, man, uh, comes after him, and he's like, "He has you gotta- a home." Yeah, but okay. Um, he comes after, him, and he's like, "You got to read the book. I got to teach you to read the book." And he's like, "What?" He's like, you got to read the book as the witch's grave or else she'll come and curse the town. And Norman's like, ah. Then the uncle dies. Oh, no. And uh, Norman's got to get the book from him. So he reads the book at the grave, which is just like fairy tales. That's weird. But, uh uh-oh, he's at the wrong graves. He's at the graves of the people who condemned the witch and the trial, not the witch. And so then the witch takes over the town and causes a lot of 
problems. He and his friends all work together uh, with these zombie uh, trial people. What zombies? The the trial people, the ghosts that they come up to when he reads a book. Um, And uh, eventually he learns, oh, the zombies like kind of want to apologize, but they know this ritual has to keep happening. You have to read uh, the witch this like fairy tale to get her to go, and that's weird. So then they like uh, are in this library. And Norman's locked out and knocked out by this like lightning, kind of like a uh, page master. And he realizes that it's an ancestor of his is the witch. And Whoa. she was condemned to death when she was a girl. That's so sad. No. She could also see dead people like Norman, but people called her a witch and um, killed her. Bad, bad stuff. Huh? So every year we have to read her uh, the story of Sleeping Beauty to kind of put her to sleep because she's a kid. She likes fairy tales. I knew I couldn't do it, but I'm pretty close to the end. And so Norman confronts her and is like, no, we can't keep doing this every year. You got to, like, you got to get over your trauma. You got to, like, the, the people say they apologize. And then she gets really mad. But then Norman uh, kind of talks her down and, like, you know, you got you to gotta manage your emotions. And then she does. And the town is better. And they believe Norman and come to peace with his ghost-talking abilities. Hmm. That was pretty good that was pretty pretty long we haven't done this in a bunch of months i still did a great job so what's your excuse i i here's something interesting i interpret this end of this movie a little bit differently interesting okay um say more i did not get as much of norman saying you've got to get over your trauma Mm. as much as norman empathizing and sympathizing and sharing and being like, hey, this sucks, but you're not alone. Yes. Uh, yeah, I would say that's part of it. The main, yeah, yeah. With that, he says, like, you can be, like, th- yeah, this sucks that this is happening to you, but you can't be angry and freak out on the town. You got to be able to control your response yeah. to other people bullying you. Um. Yeah, I yeah, I think there was empathy there. The for me this ending was a little bit, you know, as we talk in education about SEL, social emotional learning work mm. and how it can often be more problematic and make bigger problems. Um the idea of like you get what you get and you don't get upset is not actually good social emotional sure. uh advice for children or for anyone and um I felt a little bit of that in this movie of like, angry is bad. You're not allowed to be angry. Look, these people apologized. But it's this, you know, this bigger issue. It felt a little bit like, um, to me, uh-huh. um, it felt a little like a, you know, children's whimsical version of like tone policing, right? Like, Like, how dare you use vulgar language and protest. If you just use nice words, then maybe people would listen to you. It felt a little that. I know it wasn't totally that. Yeah, I hear, I hear what you're saying. I, I, I don't 100% buy that, but I understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And I understand where you're coming from with that. I just, I wish that there had been more uh, accountability placed on these zombie trial members. Um, I mean, they did... Undergo 200 years of torture. Yeah. So I guess that's true. There is that. I guess, I mean. She's been taking revenge on them for 200 years. That's fair. So. I didn't, like, 
I don't know specifically how. I was a little confused on like the relate, like the oh. the zombie relationship. She brought them back to life to be murdered every year. Every year. By who murders them? The townspeople, or not every year, but every whatever. Okay. Unless unless she's put back to sleep by the uncle, they come back as zombies, and coming back as zombies is not a punishment for the town, which is what everyone else thinks. Coming back as zombies is a punishment for them okay. because everyone in the town will brutally murder them. Okay, so that's interesting. I thought this storytelling thing had always taken place. It was passed down to the uncle. Now it's being passed down to Paranorman. Yeah. I didn't think there was ever a year where we found out what happened if you didn't read her a story. That was how I read it. Uh, my that That is not my understanding. I believe this has happened before. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Either way, you so know. there's a little, there's a little uh, different interpretations of the same yeah. uh, viewing material. So and, that's and also the the witch being asleep and the zombies being alive, I, I don't think are mutually exclusive. Oh, okay. Well, the sky got very witchy. That seems new. Yeah, but the then the witch was there anyway. Anyway. Paranorman, tell your story slightly better for us. <laughs> there is there is certainly more going on in Paranorman, like plot and story wise. Yeah. Um, versus like Coraline has a beginning, middle, and end, but there's it's more spaced out and there's more breathing yeah. room for it. Um Okay. So I, I said before that we take these two movies and compare contrast and uh, Venn diagram. Them. But we're not gonna do that? Oh, we are. Oh, it sounded like you were leading up to, but um, we're not. One of the uh, s- strongest points of intersection is the fact that they are both fully stop motion. <laughs> Which means that if you're moving when the movie is on, you have to stop. You have to stop. You have to stop your own motion. the entirety of the motion. That's, that was my understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, stop motion is magic, and you yeah. can't tell me otherwise. Yeah, even watching, we watched behind the scenes features, and even watching those, I was like, well, yeah, that's how you say you did it, but that's not <laughs> what happened on the screen. Or like, like you see all of these, and, and we will post these, uh, the, I think it was the Coraline one where you just saw all of the bottom halves of the faces mm-hmm. that can make all these different mouth shapes for, you know, words and vowels and things, but also different expressions, and then they'd mix and match them with the different top of the head, which is like nose and up, so like eyebrows oh. and eyes doing weird things. And they would just mix and match them for every frame. And it's mm-hmm. what, 24 frames per, per second. second. And this movie is somewhere between 90 and... Between uh, one and a million seconds. That's right. And just the painstaking degree to which these movies come together. And I guess that's true of, you know, 2D animation... Or even like, you know, the 3D animation, you have to know what every frame is like, but the computer does some of that in-between work for you and can kind of tell you what's happening next. Yeah, but also like with 2D animation or 3D animation, if you want to move someone's mouth in a way that's not already printed and painted and like... yeah. You need the mouth. You need an actual physical mouth to right. move a mouth. It's not just, you know, keep the rest of the head, erase the mouth, draw it slightly different. It's so like, it's just, yeah, you need a new chin. It's <laughs> so much planning. It's yeah. so much 
Um, and even like the artistry that goes into like, these are Coraline's pajamas. Here is what we had to do to make sure that the dots on the dotted pajamas were in the same spot for every pair of like the 20 pairs. Yeah, they'll go through several models even in the same kind of shot because it's made out of a bunch of different materials, but none of them are uh, unbreakable. Right. Um, And yeah, like the mud on the pajamas later as she's like crawling through the garden, they had to make sure the mud was always in the same spot. It's just so much work. It's so much. All on these like practical sets, very little like, I was surprised at how much of the um, like special effects were mm-hmm. also practical, yeah. even if they were layered in with a computer. Yeah, they were like composited in, but like yeah. the the one I think you're thinking of and the one I'm thinking of is the fog. Yeah. Where like, we're like, oh, some CG fog. Yeah, it like it. It looks like CG fog in Coraline. And no, the fog was filmed and filmed over the same like contours of mm-hmm. land and then put in over the, it just bonkers. And there'd be guys like shooting little air cannons so that when yeah. characters move, it would look like a character was moving through the fog. Yeah. Just. Because you're like, of course you can't, like stop motion takes so long, the fog can't be, you can't freeze fog, right? right. Like, <laughs> And they said they like tried with like cotton and things like that. Yeah. And they were like, no, this looks terrible. It's not convincing. But um, I guess Selleck didn't want to use digital fog. So they're just like, well, I guess we're going to figure this out. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, like so far in every like a movie I've seen too, like at the end of the credits, they'll give you a little like. 30 second, mm-hmm. you know, frame by frame of like putting together one of the characters or animating one of the scenes and just re- like they build Norman at the end of Paranorman yeah. and starts with this metal frame. Just mind blowing. So kudos to stop motion animators yeah. and directors. And and I'll say like Henry Selleck in particular, um, I, I think he has, I mean, just like anyone, he has ups and downs with his work, but I appreciate how... Um, exacting he is uh i think that's fairly rare especially in in like the animation world at this time yeah um and i i just like that he's like no we're going to do this the hard way is it better i don't know but we're doing this the hard yeah. way because that's what we do yeah it's part of the craft and the passion yeah that these people i think have. that's really cool um looking up the there are two directors of Paranorman, Sam Fell and Chris Butler. Mm-hmm. Um, they really haven't done anything before Paranorman. So that's, I think it's like very well directed in yep. terms of the storytelling. Uh, Chris Butler goes on to do Missing Link, but otherwise they have just a bunch of smaller projects. Um, well, Ugh. I don't I don't think that's all his fault, but uh, they don't write the things. Look, that um, movie was bad. That's all I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, it was badly written. Yeah, it was a bad script. Um, yeah, just just stop motion, everyone. Yeah. Stop motion. Uh, Dick, any any other overlaps of the many that we mentioned before? Uh, I don't know. You have the note sheet in front of you. I do have you, the note sheet. And I feel like you know what you want to transition into. I don't. I actually oh. don't. That's why I was asking it, you. It um, seemed like you were like, Dick, you know what we need to transition into right. next. And I'm like, Speaking oh. of Chris Butler. Speak- um, oh, man. Speaking of Chris Butler. I read Butler. something interesting. So Chris Butler directs Paranorman. Mm-hmm. And so the inspiration for this movie came from 
um, his familiarity with zombie movies. Mm -hmm. uh, Dick, could you name a few zombie movies that you know about? No. Yeah. Um, for, I, you can do that too. Night well, of the Living Dead, know, like, Dawn yeah, of the Dead, Shaun Day of the, of the Dead. Dead, Return of the Living Dead. Usually there's dead in the title. Is that yeah, fair to say? Yeah, I mean, that's fair to say. Uh, Shaun of the Dead, The Walking Dead, the mm -hmm. TV series, a comic book. Um, lots of zombie movies. Anyway, uh, Chris Butler uh, says uh, zombie movies are known for their social commentary. And wouldn't it be interesting to transfer that to a kid's movie? Transfer mm -hmm. and translate. And... You also mentioned while we were watching Coraline that you said this feels like, you know, maybe not 100% successful, but it feels like an attempt to make a horror movie for children. Yeah. So I am interested in that because I think we've talked before on this podcast that you are our resident horror movie expert. Which means I watch some horror movies. More than me, but yeah. I am catching up. Yeah. Um, so... You mentioned it in Coraline. What did you? What were the hallmarks in Coraline that made you think they were that this was intentional? I mean, big creepy house, lots of silence, lots of stillness, mm -hmm. um, some just really terrifying character designs. Yeah, uh, in Other Mother, after she kind of stretches out, a lot of like, I think you call that the body horror. Um, Oh, yeah, the dad and the pumpkin. Mm -hmm. Dad, like, turns into a pumpkin. Everyone looks just slightly off kilter. But those button eyes are... The button eyes are, are freaky. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, there was some, if not, like, an attempt at it, like, there was some playing with, with some horror tropes. Yeah, sure. I definitely saw that. And the more horror movies I see, the more I can recognize it, like... You know, when especially when like the title and like the cover make you think, okay, these this movie is going to be creepy. Yeah. When you know that going in, there's like a jump scare or two in the beginning that are very benign, but kind of prepare you for what's to come. It's like a friend will come out of the bushes and it'll be like, ah, oh no, friend, friend, okay. And it, they kind of disarm you, right? Right. It's like, right. boom, oh, oh, okay, I guess there's nothing to be scared. Oh no, this one's scary. Right. So, um, oh. Yeah, I mean, in Paranorman, the mob, which is a very zombie movie thing. Mm -hmm. um, I think also the, you know, Coraline has some similarities with movies like Get Out, where, like, the monster comes off as, like, the mm -hmm. sweetest, most polite, wonderful thing, you know, more of, like, a psychological thriller, and then, like, oh, no, no, don't want to be involved with this. Right. Um, do you think... Paranorman, let's talk about it first, was a successful children's zombie movie, or would you call it something different? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think there were some really good attempts. Uh, I think there was a lot of really good effort made. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't know how much of a, a zombie movie it is as much as it's a movie with zombies. Mm. Um I think, like, if we're, if we're looking for a movie that, like, skirts that line perfectly, it's Shaun of the Dead, which right. is a romantic comedy that happens to have zombies in it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, uh, Paranorman has... So it's got uh, zombies being scary. Mm -hmm. um, and then people are the real monsters. Um, 
good good classic zombie movie stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got yeah, it's got spooks and scares. It's you know, it's, it's I th- I think it's pretty successful. Yeah, yeah, I would say they almost flip it that like there are zombie characters, but if the zombies in a zombie movie are like misunderstood or like you know overly feared to the point of discrimination, that's more. Par- that's more Norman and Aggie, yeah. the girl that gets, uh, you know, killed for being a witch. Um, so that's interesting, too, that, like, there's no threat of them becoming zombies. They're different things, but they're the mm-hmm. ones that are ostracized and misunderstood and shunned um, while there are actual zombies. that The people don't like them either. They'd also like to get rid of those. Yeah. But, uh, but you can't have townspeople actively trying to murder our main character, so... Right, but they almost turn on him, right? They, Outside they, the library, they... Yeah, but they're not going to kill him. They're not going to kill him, but they have before, right? There's a little bit of that threat. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like, our main yeah. character, you can't you can't do that with. So that's right. where the zombies right. Right, right, right. come in, right? Like, yeah. they are there to be killed, mm-hmm. um, even though... Like, they represent some things about Norman. Mm-hmm. Uh, he... Uh, connects with them better than he connects with some other people, some yeah. living people. So they sort of exist as a, um, as a like as an avatar for Norman, maybe. Um, like they exist to be killed so that our main character isn't mm-hmm. right. Uh, same with um, what's uh, Aggie? Agatha? Aggie, yeah. Um, yeah, like she is, we see her in the past, she's like put to death for being a witch. Again, so that like, like uh, it's not happening to our main character. It's mm-hmm. not, we're not seeing our child that we identify with being murdered on screen. Right. But we're seeing like the possibility of it happening and we're seeing it happening to other people. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that is really effective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Coraline, more of your just traditional horror where things are kind of creepy and then things are very creepy. Um, I think it does some good things with like foreshadowing the whole idea of like this other world. Every character she meets in the real world has an other cognate. Yeah. Other mother, other father, other YB. Um, And so I think that adds some layer of like horror and creepiness as she meets each one of those and they are like they're weird in the real world but they're much weirder in the other world. Yeah, I I would say that is actually a problem for me with Coraline mm. because I don't I lose the thread. Okay. <clears throat> um because we are introduced to other mother and other father and other YB and other rat man and other old ladies. Yeah. And Still, after watching the movie, I'm not totally clear if any of them exist. Yeah, that was a question I had, too. And so I was kind of like, why am I... Like, I'm spending a lot of time getting to know these characters, but I feel like we don't really address what happens to other YB. No. Even though he's kind of a friend. He gets his mouth sewn shut. Yeah, that's a little confusing because it seems like... Other uh, so other mother is in charge of this realm, right? Yeah. And her thing is kind of like a traditional folklore monster. She lures children in and eats them, 
um, after she sews buttons onto their eyes. So basically, like, she kidnaps, she steals is what she, they call it. Yeah, like, she she kidnaps them. She, like, wants to love them like a mother, but then she, like, can't or can't get enough love from them and so consumes them. Yeah, I thought it was more intentional that, like, she is, right, she's kind of like a spider at the end with the web. Yeah. Is her final form. And I thought it was more like that, like, luring her, luring them into her web, whatever way she has to, and then she's going to eat them no matter what. Someone, yeah, and that, that might be, that might be the truth, yeah. right? But someone, someone in the movie, I thought it was one of the ghost children, yeah, said that, say. like, she, like, she brings you in. She wants to love you, but that's not her nature or something. Yeah, yeah. A little bit like uh, the bride and um, Pepe, the <laughs> king prawn. Muppet Haunted Mansion, everyone. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> honorable mention. It's not mm. quite animated, but puppets are partway there. Man, it's... Uh... If you like Muppets, if you like Haunted Mansion, and we've talked about both on this show. Yeah, watch Muppet Haunted Mansion. Don't it's be great. a fool. Great. Um. Yeah. 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 Other mother. It was that part was interesting. I thought I gave up part way through, but kind of thought that like other mother was going to represent something a little bit bigger and more like psychologically insidious, more of just a folklore monster, like a yeah. Baba Yaga or whatever. Um. So and that was that was fine. But yeah, I I'm with you that like if she has created all the elements of this wacky world mm -hmm. like and she controls everything how is yb being friendly to her where does that yeah motivation come from and i think that's i i would guess um especially since yb is not a character in the book yeah uh, i would guess that that's part of like that's part of something lost in the adaptation is not is not like an explanation of the story, but if you've got a book that's like 40 pages or whatever versus a movie that's an hour and a half, you can tell a simpler story. Mm -hmm. We're not going to be at, like, you can tell a, you know, um, you can tell a short story in five pages and people right. are satisfied. Um, but when you try and stretch that out and you try and add to it, some stuff gets, Sometimes too much stuff gets added. Yeah. That, so that's, mm -hmm. yeah, that's, that's kind of what I. Um, they did seem to, um, I was reading, so the color palettes are different with the real world and mm. the other world that the real world is more Nightmare Before Christmas Halloween Town it's very, palette. very like drab, yeah. Dark, drab, grays. It's muted is the words they use for mm -hmm. it. Like there are still colors, but they're muted. It's low, get, low contrast. Yep. When you get into... The other world, it's much more saturated and like, yeah, really bright purples and oranges and greens. And there is a direct reference to Wizard of Oz that the um, art designer stylist is making. And the, you know, the one for one cognates would also then be drawn from Wizard of Oz because right. it also seems from reading and watching some specials that Other Mother is not necessarily supposed to resemble um Coraline's real mother the way that she does in the movie oh in the in the book yeah that yeah, Neil yeah. Gaiman kind of either doesn't describe her or describes her as more spider-like from the beginning right as opposed to in the movie they are carbon copies of her parents except for the button eyes and then 
she reveals and herself later as this better looking carbon copy. They are, yeah. Because like dad in the real world looks like he hasn't slept in a year. Yeah. And mom has like a neck brace and she's always her hair is disheveled. She's wearing like the frumpiest clothes yeah. you can find. Yeah. And like when she steps into the other world, mm-hmm. um, mom looks like um, like a, a TV mom or like. I mean, she looks like Terry Hatcher with button yes. eyes, like who she, voices the character. She cooks like Betty Crocker, and she looks like <laughs> Donna Reed. Yeah, uh, is I think what we're trying to say. Uh, um, but yeah, and then Dad uh, is happy. Yeah, and energetic. And High energy. And, he has yeah. color in his face. Mm-hmm. Um. um yeah, so I wonder how carried away. Yeah, because I, I would be not that interested in reading the book because, like, I liked this movie, but I'm not going to probably return to it. Um, but I'd be interested because I think that's a really cool choice if it's not in the book to make the parents the, these, like, kind of bizarro world copies. I think that's really interesting because you get it. Like, you see Coraline kind of try to get her parents' attention in the real world and they're overworked and underslept and... They're just never paying attention yeah. to her. They do not care. It's, I mean, it's, and and there lies, I think, one of the kind of uh, confusions I have with the moral of this one, too, is like, is the moral uh, neglectful parents better than abusive parents? Is that what we're taking away from this? Like, yeah. Because that's kind of where we end up. It, and that's probably true on a practical level, but... Yeah, and I don't, you know, here's the, here's the interesting thing, and I, I I was thinking of this when you were talking about Paranorman as well, and I, I wonder, if you're writing something, right, if you're writing a moral, like, if you're writing a story, if you're writing something, how much of that is self-exploration versus telling other people what to do which mm. i think like makes paranormans ending less insidious yeah right if it is like and that's that's something we've talked about with the incredibles as well right mm. where mm-hmm. brad bird was not attempting uh to push a randian philosophy Ayn Rand us all. but he was like look i am the best animator let me do stuff um so yeah, like I I wonder how much of this is like you know, Neil Gaiman being like, "Oh, my parents, you know, were you know, maybe not paying attention the most, but at least I got up to these cool adventures." But it could have been worse. I mean, but yeah. again, I, if you look at it as self-exploration, yeah, rather than telling like a straight up moral, here's yeah. what you should do. I think it makes it a little less, I think it makes it a little more interesting. Yeah. Uh, And she does develop as a character, right? Like she's very annoyed by YB in the real world, but his help to her in the other world makes her appreciate YB's, um, you know, companionship in the real world. So I think it makes her more aware and mm -hmm. kind of conscious and grateful of things. So it doesn't necessarily have to be about the parents specifically. Yeah. And, and like, you know, the parents were not paying attention, so she was doing other stuff. But it wasn't like, um, I, I don't know, it wasn't, uh, I don't feel like there was a, 
what you're you're looking at me like are I'm you about to mention funny. spirited away no i wasn't those parents are worse <sighs> they become pigs that's terrible they don't do that on purpose yeah but it's still terrible but they don't do it on purpose they eat a bunch of food that doesn't it's fine that doesn't seem that bad they seem really nice sorry what nope, were you actually gonna gone. say Go it's ahead. gone now <laughs> think about pigs again um there is a um strong um which we we wrapped up horror movies um so I have, uh, in researching this episode um, and researching kind of what auxiliary materials to watch, I've looked up Paranorman versus Coraline. One, did you know they were both both re-released into theaters this year? Yes. Yeah. Coraline in August, Paranorman in November, so you can still catch it. If Ooh. what we're saying about Paranorman sounds interesting, it's going to have a... Wait, so Paranorman wasn't re-released in well, theaters? Well, this year. Sorry, I used the wrong tense. It will be yeah. re-released in theaters. Both are getting year. 2021 releases nice. or have gotten. Y'all should see Paranorman. It's it's it's, yeah. it's pretty good. I think it's a one-day thing. It's like one of those well, see event it that day. things. Um, but yeah, especially the stop motion would be gorgeous and yeah. big screen. Um, but besides that search result, the other one I'm getting is that, uh, Coraline and Paranorman are heavily shipped on the internet. Oh. Heavily. They're like, you type it in and there's a lot of pictures of Paranorman giving a flower to Coraline or like YouTube videos of like montages with like songs from that era. Yes. Um, <laughs> We haven't really hate it. talked about this on our podcast. About, about shipping children? Uh, well, about shipping movies, Great. right? Um, yeah, that's true. They are. Uh, they're like teens, maybe. They're children. Yeah, they're children. They're children. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to not look into this anymore and say that it's, it's other children who are creating this art. And, sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Um, Internet's just full of normal children doing normal child stuff. Let's say it's normal child stuff what is the is it just that they're stop motion between three years like what i mean they're both stop motion characters in creepy movies yeah and i but i think i do think they'd get along they're both kind of like lonely kids um might like might maybe not right away maybe like they have to be assigned to a school project together this sounds like a final cut Okay. This sounds like you're I doing a crossover already. So, but someone already. else has done it. I actually have a different Final Cut crossover. Right. But yeah, I just well, I have the words lonely kids written and no. I thought it would be a good time to talk about that. I think that's fair. Because they both are lonely kids. Like kind of. Kind of. Kind of. Yes. Lonely, yeah. For different reasons. Cor- Coraline is lonely. She's moved to a new town. She's got friends in her other town. Yes. But she's lonely in her new town. She doesn't know anyone. Yeah. She, I, I was saying while we were watching it, like this might be an interesting um, movie to compare to Inside Out right. because they both have the same sort of setup. They both have the same sort of like, I am really unhappy with this move and my parents aren't paying attention to me. Yeah. But the movies approach that in different ways. Um, Norman, he, he's got friends. He's they got just Neil. happen to. No. Oh, the ghost. He's got friends. They just happen to be dead. Yeah. But like on his way to school, he like mentions them by name. He yeah. asks how things are going. They ask about him. Yeah. Like 
he's got a community. Yeah. It's just not a community of alive people. Right. Um, but for him, they're, they're there and they're real. So I don't know if I'd describe Norman as lonely as fair. much as odd. And ostracized yeah. by the real world. Oh, he's going to have so much fun when he's a ghost. Yeah. He's going to have a great time. If Coraline dies, then she can oh, hang yeah. out with Paranormal. There we go. There we go. There we go. Yeah. All right. As long as she's not angry. As long as Neil still gets some time with him. Yeah. Because I love that kid. Neil's great. Oh, man. What yeah. a great. Just like the neighbor kid in Monster House. Mm-hmm. Just a regular Ralph Wiggum. Or, um, ah, crud. What's his name? Mr. Fredrickson. Uh, uh, Carl is the name of Mr. Fredrickson. Russell. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. He had some, had some yeah. real Russell innocent, it's, like dumb confidence. His character description in Wikipedia is like, the next door neighbor who is bullied and also has irritable bowel syndrome, <laughs> which is how Neil describes himself too. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Good energy. One of my favorite lines in Paranorman is, um, Neil's like, oh, they bully me. Norman goes, why do they bully you? He goes, well, because I'm fat and I have irritable bowel syndrome and this and this and I'm allergic to everything and this. <laughs> uh, lots of reasons. <laughs> He's like, I don't like being bullied, but there are a lot of reasons to bully I, me. I, I understand. Aww. Yeah. Well, they should all be friends. Um, Is it time? For the final final cut cut is it? I think so. Okay. All right. Um, the final cut is a series of oh, wow. short form segments um, where we kind of do some lightning round stuff, but it usually takes up about a half hour. Scene shout out. Yeah. Dick, you got one for uh, Coraline. What's a scene that stands out to you? Um, days later. Can I do like a negative scene shout out well, and, a, and a positive that's one? That's kind of not the point of this, but sure. I, I just want to say there's one scene that stands out to me yeah. in a way that is distracting. And that's um, when uh, Coraline goes into the other world and she meets other dad. Other dad starts singing and it's John Linnell from They Might Be Giants. Mm. It's an unmistakable voice. Versus uh, John Hodgman is it, the yeah. speaking voice. It's clearly not John Hodgman, and it's not a voice that like, like if you if you have listened to any they might be giants, you'd recognize the voice immediately. Um, if not, maybe it blends really well. But like, I don't know. There's some people you don't hire to be singers uh, as someone else's voice, and I would say John Linnell is among them. Uh, I love They Might Be Giants. I think they're great. I like their inclusion in this movie, but that was so distracting to me. And that's so interesting because I didn't notice. Right. I thought it was John Hodgman. Right. Like, that makes sense. I, did, I yeah. didn't notice, yeah. But yeah, it's just like, it's like you don't put David Byrne as someone else's voice because it's like, well, that's David Byrne. Sure. Or on the flip side, in uh, the series The Get Down, it's uh, Nas rapping as like in like the future mm. kind of world. And it's David Diggs with David Diggs's hair doing the visual rapping. So it's like, well, this voice is not David Diggs. Like, other people would recognize Nas, but I'm right. not old enough. But I'm like, well, no. You're not no, old no. enough to recognize Nas? I don't 
think individually. Like I know some Nas songs, but I I'm, think that's false. But if it's original material, I'm not sure that I would hmm. pick it out. Well, anyway, um, my positive. Yeah. Scene what about shout a shout out? out? Uh, well, those are that was a shout out too. Um, my positive is, is the first time that Coraline goes through the door to the other world because it is that that's the moment in the movie where I said, Kate, I I don't know how they're doing half of this because mm. it's just this mm. big glowy, oh yeah, like Discovery Zone tube, tube and it's beautiful and but it's like made of like the crunchy fabric it, i mean it looks like, like it, it's, it bounces like that like yeah, the texturing and the waiting is so good like it's so clear and that's that's something yeah. that i think is is really hard to do in stop motion um traditionally is like give things gravity and weight like if you watch especially early stop motion yeah everything looks like it weighs nothing mm-hmm. but like you know, like you look at this fabric and you know what it feels like and you know how it's going to respond to you yeah. crawling on it. And I was just like, this is shockingly good. Yeah. So. Are you yeah. ending there with your scene shout out? Yeah. Yay! Because my scene shout out is just after it and I was oh. really upset that you had taken it. No, I don't remember what happens My right scene after shout out is actually when she emerges into the mm. other world. So I, I like yours too. And that tunnel is awesome. Um it really, coming back to The Wizard of Oz, it mm. really feels like that moment in The Wizard of Oz where it switches from black and white to color. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, what's what's this, right? Yeah. You've gone, and, and in Coraline, you've gone probably longer runtime than Wizard of Oz before you get to this world. And you're like, okay, Coraline's bored. Her parents are kind of duds and she's meeting all these characters. It's kind of big fishy. I don't know. But, like, she's got this creepy doll with buttons that Wybie's grandmother made for her. And you're like, that's going to come into play. She goes through this door, and it's just her family. And they all have the creepy eyes that her doll has. And you don't know any more than that. They're, but they're being lovely and wonderful and dynamic. And these are the parents she wished she mm-hmm. had and you wish she had. But they got buttons for eyes, and you know it's not going to be good. Yeah. And it's just this, like, delicious mystery and so well presented, like the the pacing ramps up. It's more frenetic. Mm-hmm. It's more bouncy, and the color palette. It's just such a good uh, contrast with what has happened before that. And and I'll say, like in this first scene, it just seems like the parents are more dynamic and more fun. Yeah, but here's as, a feast of food. Your parents don't love to cook. Here's a song for you. No one sings you anything. That's yeah, it's true. Uh, but. As it goes on, it becomes like um, someone someone says that the doll is for like spying yeah. on her. And as the movie goes on, it becomes clearer and clearer because like Coraline will complain about like not getting gloves. Mm-hmm. And then the mom will be like, I got you. Uh, other mother will be like, I got you all sorts of clothes. And just uh-huh. like the it's a very ob- it's, it becomes very obvious. But yeah. at first it's just. We know that Coraline doesn't like her parents cooking and they're mm-hmm. very drab and and these parents are much more exciting and dynamic and it yeah. just seems like, oh, this this is innocent enough. This yeah. is nice. Yeah. Like it it lulls you in, even though they're creepy looking. Yeah, those buttons. <laughs> a lot of stuff in this movie is creepy looking. Yeah. So Yeah. 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 Mm. 
Uh, scene shout out for Paranorman. You go first. Sure. Um, when the witch does awaken and mm. Par- Paranorman has read the fairy tale to the wrong set of graves and the witch takes over the sky. Yeah. And it's a remarkable feat. It's kind of like that tunnel. It's just a remarkable feat of stop motion. It is fabric is how they achieve it. Like the sky as the sun is setting is already like layers of, I don't know if it's like tulle. It kind of looks like it's being like, there's a a combination of like lighting and painting Mm -hmm. that's making the sunset effect, but it's definitely like fabric. It's definitely tangible. It's not just blank sky. And so when the witch kind of takes over the fabric that's there like folds over and creases and bunches up to make the face of a witch that is dynamic and like roars out different colors and like it's yeah it's the terrifying version of like Mufasa in the clouds (laughs) but but all like very practical and very tangible looking and it was just fantastic every time that first scene especially but she gets bigger and bigger as she gets more powerful throughout the the evening um, I just thought that was great. It was just again one of those moments where you're like, "How are they doing this? Mm-hmm. Ha- how?" I'm gonna shout out um, the one thing that was interesting about Paranorman um, is how dark it got. Mm. Um, I compared it a little bit to Shaun of the Dead earlier, and Shaun of the Dead has like an extreme amount of zombie murdering Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, blood and guts and all that stuff. Uh, But Paranorman has a scene that, one, I was very surprised that it was in this movie, and two, it was hilarious where uh, Norman goes to his uncle's house to get this book. (gasps) And his uncle has died with the book in his hands and, like, rigor mortis has set in. So Norman cannot get the book out of his uncle's hands. So he's like pulling and fighting to get it out. And then like he pulls the uncle's like body on top of him. Oh, and like yeah. It's just this. It's all this like, um, you know, physical comedy with n- this kid and a corpse. And it's great. His uncle's corpse. It's yeah, so like, funny. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it, what lightens that is that he's already met the ghost, right? Like, right. he's already had contact with the ghost. But yeah, the, the same. Just like the sheer kind of like, uh, yeah, morbid absurdity of this movie. It's, it's so fun. It's good, yeah. good physical comedy, no, too. Nothing I've seen in a in a children's movie or a family movie. Yeah. Um, but like, great. Yeah. Really great. Dick. Uh, yeah. Hey, Kate. If we were to name... An MVP, uh-huh. most valuable Play-Doh, because it's stop motion, um, of of both of these movies together. I'm sorry, did you think these movies are made of Play-Doh? Some, some of it is like Play-Doh. Do you think we watched Gumby? I, um, no. Okay, just check. I don't know that Gumby is made of Play-Doh either. Um, <laughs> fair, that's fair. Yeah. Stop motion, not claymation. Hmm. Not the same. Okay. Um, who or... What entity would it be? I'm not sure that I have one, and now I need to think about it. Uh, I'm going to go with Tom Selleck. Um, Tom Selleck. Henry Selleck. Okay. Um, Just watching him work uh, behind the scenes on uh, Coraline, like, it is clear 
how much vision he has and how much work he put into it that makes again i liked paranorman better mm. i thought it was a better movie i thought it was more fun to watch i can't stop thinking about Coraline. yeah like there are bits of Coraline that are still in my head where i'm just like oh man this part was just magnificent mm-hmm. and like if you put it all together it's a great movie yeah but like just some of those scenes are ch- shockingly good and it's not that far after nightmare right i mean like, it's almost 20 years but what what really nightmare is 91 this is 2009 that's 18 years it's pretty far after nightmare <laughs> look which nightmare looks really good too here's here's the thing if something came out uh <laughs> After I was 12, <laughs> it came out recently. But Nightmare did not come out when you were 12. Yes, it did. Wasn't it 91? No, it was not 91. I was in seventh grade. Oh, was it 93? Is it? Mm-hmm. It's around the same time as Aladdin. You're around the same time as Aladdin. That's also true, yep. but I'm more around the time of an author. Who's your MVP? Um, I, I'm going to go with a... a Synecdoche approach. Um, the woman in Coraline who knits all of the in- extraordinarily tiny yeah. sweaters yeah. and like mittens. She has like, she said she has needles the size of like the diameter of like human hair that she works with. It is freakish. She made like, her imagine do this. these stop mo, right? Like Coraline is probably like six inches tall, the model. And then you got to make gloves for hands that are already like kind of tinier in proportion just the character design and they're not buying like they're not buying like doll clothes or anything because it has to look like clothes well and you have to have like 40 of them for a specific size that too yeah i need to look at paranormal did paranormal have like fabric stuff too maybe it's the same person i don't know um i don't know if it's worth looking up now but shout around anyway yeah um it might be, but yeah. Um, so we will. I will post the name later. I don't have the name up here, but like watching her talk in the documentary about like, I, like yeah, she's like, oh yeah, it takes like several months yeah. to knit the pieces for this film because it's such painstaking work, like just mind blowing. But that's every single person who works on this movie is doing like this, like just bonkers detail like, work, tiny detail work that some people just. Most people probably won't notice, yeah. but the people that do are just like, whoa. Yeah. And Coraline has the advantage of, like, there are scenes where they talk about new clothes, yeah. right? Otherwise, like, I probably wouldn't notice. Well, she she has, like, eight outfit changes or something. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so much. Man. So much. Kate. Mm-hmm. If you were to cross over. Yeah. Uh, two entities, mm-hmm. two people, two uh, creatives. Yep. to whatever's yep. from these movies uh, or more, however you want to do it. What would you, what would you, what would you, what would you crossover be? Neil and other YB. Yeah. Uh, they have Good play choice. dates together. Neil will get to tell them. Can, can all you describe other YB? Yes. Because we've talked about Neil. Other YB. So YB, was it short for why are you born? Why, why yeah, were why, you born? YB born. YB born. Um, uh, YB is like a neighborhood kid. Um, we learn later his grandmother's sister was stolen by the other mother, and that's yeah. one of the kids' eyes she's finding. 
That's such a weird plot. Um, but YB is uh, kind of an annoying neighbor kid, but he's like, he's got like a, what, like a motor scooter. What does he come in on? And he's got like a weird helmet. He's mm-hmm. just like kind of a weird kid. Yeah. He's not a goofus like Neil, but like he doesn't have many friends. No. And uh, Coraline thinks he talks too much. But then other YB, which we're not quite sure exactly where he comes from, but other YB has got the buttons and he doesn't talk um, because other mother heard that Coraline thinks he talks too much. So this YB doesn't talk. Uh, it may or may not be because his mouth is sewn shut. That's unfortunate. But like he's so sweet and he always has his head cocked like completely at a 90 degree angle yeah. just like the cat i am surprised you did not uh call out keith david as your shout out but oh, i know Me um too. who voices the cat and dr facilier nah, he didn't sing so no he didn't sing what a missed opportunity yeah we could have had more cat just in yeah. general yeah um but he's just like so happy-go-lucky and it's so sad when he like tries to help Coraline, and then mom like i think that's when mom like actually sews his mouth shut and makes like well, she shows his mouth into a smile. Right, yeah. because he's, like, horrified by these events as well. Yeah. Oh, just bet, like, YB needs a good friend. Other YB especially needs a good friend. And I think Neil would show the empathy and show the compassion and, like, share some food with him, play some video games with him, talk to him in the spaces where he can't talk because his mouth is still shown shut. That's fair. Um, I just think they'd have a good time. And I don't think, I don't think Neil would care what he looks like or... If he can't talk. That's really sweet. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going to cross over Other Mother mm-hmm. and uh, Agatha. Oh, okay. Um, our Angry Orchards. Yeah, Our Angry Orchards. <laughs> I just, I feel like uh, if there is a way to, like we don't know who or what Other Mother is. We no. don't know if she's a demon or a, a monster or just like a, also a misplaced soul that was like in this world and she shouldn't be. But I feel like Agatha can give her a run for her money. (laughs) Like sometimes you see some parents and they've got kids that just, it's like, you don't make, you don't make any sense. Like you're Mm -hmm. this way, your Mm -hmm. kid's a completely different way. Those two, they kind of make sense. And I think uh, Agatha would, would be the challenge that other mother needs. Mm. Yeah. So she wouldn't eat her. All right. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. It's great. Dick, does that mean it's time for the final? Final. Cut. Cut. Where we take each movie one at a time and decide for the record yeah. uh, whether we would re-release it into theaters as is, mm. which is what Laika is doing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Laika made that decision yeah. for us. Uh, whether we would create some kind of special edition, either of the movie or in a different medium, mm-hmm. or whether we would throw it in the vault, never to be seen again. Okay. Uh, you know what? I'll start. Okay. And I'll start with Paranorman. Okay. Um, uh, there's, there's, look, there's some changes I'd make to Paranorman. I, I think there's some story points that don't track super well i think there's some jokes that could be punched up and i think the like ending gag question mark doesn't work super well with the mom with the grandma no with the jock oh yeah 
Yeah, There's yeah. a Norm. Uh, is it Norman's sister? I was hoping we wouldn't have to talk about them. Well, yeah, Norman's sister is like flirting with this guy the whole time, and um, it's Neil's brother. It's, it's yeah. It's the horror movie trope of like the four yeah. kids go off on the. So she's hunting. she's flirting. Norman's sister is flirting with Neil's brother, and like it's a whole the whole thing. He's like not really noticing or not really paying attention. It's like oh, he's not picking up on it or or whatever. Um, and then at the end, she like asks him out to a movie or something. And he's like, oh yeah, my boyfriend would love that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's like that thing with the, like LeFou at the end of the live action Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. It's like just throwing it in there. It's like, we're just saying this character is Good gay. for a studio, a children's movie, it's, including yes. it. But yeah. But it, I mean, one, it comes off as a joke. Yes. And two, I Look, if you just do it in the whole movie, like do do something more with that, because mm-hmm. it's 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 weird. It, it just feels really thrown in there, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you know, uh, you, you know, rep- representation is good, and we've come a long way, and and all that. But I it just it felt really slapped on, and that was weird to me. Yep. Um. That all, being, that all being said, uh, re-release it. Yeah. I think people should just see this movie as is. You know, there's there's some parts, like I said, there, that bit doesn't hold up as well. And there's some parts that are a little unclear and could mm-hmm. be better. But I, I really enjoyed uh, my experience with Paranorman. And I wish you all a very happy Paranorman. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't think there's a lot... Uh, that you change with this movie because it would mess with some structure things. Mm. Um, I would like to see, like, there is a thread. You know, I was talking about the ending and, like, having accountability for the people who completely freaked out and killed a child. Yeah. Um, And I think in 2021 forward, I do think that would be addressed differently. I think too many things have happened in the world. and. um but there is this thread throughout the movie of, um, like, Grandma, Ghost Grandma mentions it in the first scene, like, when they're watching the horror movie together, like, well, if they if they would just talk to each other, they wouldn't have to have this problem. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that the resolution was going to be the zombie jurors and Aggie having a conversation and, like, getting out their, you know, airing their grievances yeah. or Aggie airing grievances. And that didn't happen. I think there's space for that. There and could I think have been a little confrontation There's there. space for para, for Paranorman, for Norman to mediate that, right? Like having empathy for Agatha, but being like, look, guys, this was bad. Like, <laughs> like we're not putting up with this anymore. Um, so I think I would just add something to the ending. But I no. do think it's really awesome that uh, Aggie, as like child Aggie, blows up. And that animation is great. Mm-hmm. And that like physical manifestation of her emotions just being uncontrollable is really yeah. great. But then I think the next scene is is maybe some more of the conversation. You mentioned the grandmother. Did anyone interesting play her? Elaine Stritch. Elaine Stritch. I was hoping, it's always a, is this Elaine Stritch or is this Phyllis Diller? Because <laughs> if a movie's made in a certain era and yeah. I just heard too much, like she just could have added like Jackie onto the end of any <laughs> one of her sentences. Yeah. I'm like, I think that, yeah. It's a lame stretch. Great, great news. Kate, do you want uh-huh. to give us a rundown of Coraline then? 
Oh, a two-minute cookie? T- Uh-oh, where are no, we in the, the episode? No, um, oh. the ju- judgment of the Coraline. The judgment. Um, I think it's a special edition. I think it's an hour. I think it's mm. a Muppet Haunted Mansion length. Um, I mean, it, it might mean taking out YB. I like YB, but I actually don't think it's taking out YB. I think it's... I think there are some Let's short- talk about them. What? Let's talk about who we're taking out. Oh, yeah. We're talking... I mean, so I would definitely cut the two old uh, burlesque dancer woman women Ugh, i just intolerable they, they live in the basement they're these like old timey burlesque but now they're old they're like in their 80s or whatever and they're like telling stories from their youth and in the other world you see them perform a burlesque but they're like old but they're young button ghosts and um i could yeah, not like they unzip their old cast yeah old it's a it's a young. whole rebel wilson cat situation yeah. um every single time she is in that basement apartment talking to them two-thirds into the scene, I would look at you, Dick, and say, like, I'm not getting any of this. Yeah. I just zoned out. You did You did not understand the taffy. Like, there's a taffy reference later in the thing, and you did not it's understand. It's a running thing, but I'm like, why Why are they I'm in like, taffy? Kate, like, they've, they've had taffy in the apartment. They like said that in every time. scene. I'm like, I have missed every, every scene around it. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. I even did the Circus Mouse Man. Fine. But, like, something about the cadence of the voices or, like, how unintegrated it was into the rest of the story I couldn't yeah. anyway yeah I think you cut the neighbors I think it's the main family and YB and I think you can do some shorthand for the kind of ennui I think they spend a lot of time building this like Coraline is miserable mm-hmm. thing and I think you need maybe two thirds of the time at most yeah it's to a do little, that it's a little much um, and it's really fun to have it escalate then once you're in the other world. So I think they could have also taken that a little bit quicker. Yeah. What about you? What do you do with Coraline? So it's, I've got like a double special edition for this. Firstly, um, I, I think there are some changes that can be made to the movie to make it better. I, I don't know if, um, I don't know if I would shorten it necessarily though. I would do something else with those burlesque ladies. Um, but I, I think there was not enough differentiation between the other world and the real world. Okay. Because like the uh, mouse guy is like gray in the real world. His flesh Mm -hmm. is gray. And I'm like, oh, oh, we're in some sort of weird like world where like people are like maybe zombies or something. Oh. It's not. Interesting. Like the the real world is pretty pretty weird. Hey, Coraline's hair is blue. That's just the color of her hair. But that's right. I mean, that's a color hair. Can well, that's be. what I'm saying. Like, it, oh yeah, it yeah, already yeah. looks kind of weird. You're not quite sure where to reference your yeah. visual. So when you go to the the other world and like, there's a pop of color. Mm-hmm. The problem is. This is not the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. And <laughs> this is not 1930. Yeah. We have seen color before. Uh-huh. And we are not surprised. Right. Um so for me the pop of color instead of being like um magical was just sort of comforting. I was like, "Oh, okay, cool. We're in color. This is a nice place." Yeah. Um and yeah, everyone again, everyone looks healthier. They're not yeah. gray like zombies. That is a yeah. So like the skin tones are all Yeah, so it's not clear how 
I, I, I would say more banality in the normal world, I think, mm. would help this movie a lot. Yeah. Um, but the my part two is I want a six hour Frozen Two style documentary on this. Yeah. Um, because we watched we watched a forty five minute documentary. It wasn't I was like, enough. I was like don't don't yeah, stop. I want- <laughs> like I want to watch this lady knit a sweater from yes. start to finish. Yes. Just do it. I want to like I want to see more about this process and um, see some of the decision making. And see what they run into. Because in yeah. animation, in traditional animation, if you need to replace a scene, well, you cut it out, you draw a new thing, right? Like, it's not easy, but yeah. it's not as hard as, okay, so we need 40 new puppets because we're doing a new scene yeah. where she's got this sweater on and, sorry, we have to have someone craft these and, like, right. we have to wait a couple right. of weeks before we can even shoot it, like yeah, I want yeah. It seems to me like this is a more permanent art form. Yeah, I could be wrong, but that's what it feels right? like. Right, it's magic. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I want to know more. I want to see that documentary. Yeah, yeah. Nice, cool. Soulmates, yeah. listeners, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks again for your patience. Let me ask you though, where you been? Because like we've been releasing episodes every two weeks, right? That's. E- that's not true. I think that's in the other world. I oh, think your yeah. your other podcast host other, other with the button eyes the button has eyes. been. <laughs> um, we are aiming to, like, look, things are hard. That's we hard. love uh, doing this podcast. We love hearing from you. We're aiming, but real talk, we're aiming for an episode a month. Um, and this is uh, likely our final season um, we've done two full seasons. This will be season three. Is that correct? I think four? This is season four. Now. Is this season four? Yeah. In if if the world gets better oh, yeah. and and everything gets less stressful, but we got <laughs> a lot going on next summer, so we're definitely not working. No, next we can summer. count by our uh, Dinofor Sasquad, yeah. um, for Midasay, our yeah, our January. So this is our this is our fourth. This is our fourth got, season. I, I will say we've got some bangers, and we got up. some big ones that we haven't covered. We've and got, we're we've got a massive end to this. We we definitely have a massive middle of the season. I'm not sure if we're ending with that. Oh, the thing that you're talking about. I thought we were. I thought that was the whole thing. Um, maybe. Well, uh, lots of surprises for yeah, everyone. For all of us. Um, so we'll be here through the spring. One episode a month for sure. And if there's more than that, um, Probably. you're welcome. Probably but one please do send us um, pairings. Um, as... Yeah, if there's a movie that you want us to talk about that we haven't yet, yes. like just let us let us know. Like and you we will, gotta hear about it. Like maybe we'll just do a grab bag episode at the end and just oh be boy, like, here's some movies people mentioned. Just they that. don't have anything to do with each other, oh, no. but I, just like look, I got to get. Uh, little Nemo in at some point. Yeah. I still don't know what to put it with. Coraline might have been nice. You know what? This is something, I mean, I'm coming up with it now. We can cut this out if you don't like the idea. But um, there are a couple big movies that we have not paired yet. We don't have an idea for. We could just throw them up on social media and just be like, cool, most, you know, give give us a pairing, most votes or most likes wins. Um, We could do that. For maybe a couple, maybe Uh, not all of them. Maybe. Maybe. Um, but if you do want to, uh, let us know what you're thinking or see what we do and don't post as, as audience interactions, Dick, uh, where can listeners find us on the internet? Um, well, we have a podcast. 
Uh, yeah. Um, Where else? Oh, you can find us on Twitter. Cellmates Podcast. Or Facebook. Cellmates Podcast. Or Gmail. Cellmatespodcast at gmail.com. Dot com. Oh, thank you so much for not using that one too much. Oh, because yeah. Thanks we, for not talking to us. We looked at that one, that account for the first time in like six months, and we were so pleased that it was all ads and we weren't accidentally shunning any uh, one of our fans. So, And I definitely didn't go in and delete any legitimate responses so that Kate oh, didn't no. see them. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um. But now you can hit us up because we'll yeah. probably check it within a month. Yes. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Uh, stay spooky. Yeah. Uh, watch Muppets on a Mansion. Yeah. 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 Bye. Bye. One thing I do want to mention is uh, my foot looks really bad. Your foot looks really bad. That's why I asked about yeah, it. Yeah. I, I didn't realize. It looks like your foot is turning into a zombie. My foot is turning into a pumpkin just like other dad. You didn't. Mm, it looks more like zombie flesh. Oh. It looks red. You, I know you didn't grill it on a George Foreman grill, but it looks like. Yeah. It looks like it, instead of grilling it, you just like dropped the entire George Foreman grill on it. That's accurate, yeah. Because it's just a big circle. I'm just saying, Michael Scott, uh, he, he, people made fun of him, but uh, burning your foot sucks. You want me to crush some aspirin and some chocolate pudding for you? Yeah, if you would. And get some fresh yams from the gas station in Carbonville. They don't have yams. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs>